What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of JMMA. Coming to you here on this Sunday morning, the morning after UFC 250, June 7th, 2020. On this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about UFC 250, Nunez versus Spencer, the big winners and losers of the card. Talking about Fight Island and fighter pay and retirement and a look ahead at what's coming up. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so let's jump right into it. Let's talk about Nunez versus Spencer. Fight kind of went how we all thought it would go. I mean, I think Amanda Nunez was a minus 600 favorite fighting Felicia Spencer. The biggest favorite on the card, son's uh, Sean O'Malley. He was a minus 500 favorite. Um, aside from that, there were some competitive matchups on this card, but Nunez versus Spencer was not one of them. It, um, it was pretty much a showcase fight for Amanda Nunez. She got to show us what she's good at. She's good at be- beating people up, good at throwing girls around, just taking Felicia Spencer down, not even really doing anything in the later rounds. In the earlier rounds, she was busting her up with some elbows. I saw her take her down a couple of times, and she just took her down just to do it almost. And she could, and she was busting her up with shots, man. Heavy, heavy hands. Some nice straight, deep kicks to the body. Um, I heard DC and Cormier, I'm sorry, DC, Anik, and Rogan, Kind of looking for the stoppage in round four. Look, this girl was getting beat up. She's tough. She's She went the distance with Cyborg. She went the distance with Amanda Nunez. That's two of the hardest hitting women on the planet. And this lady stayed in there. And she looked, she didn't look like she, she didn't look like Anthony Smith. That's what we're worried about. We're worried about People looking like Anthony Smith against Glover Teixeira. Now look, Felicia Spencer's teeth weren't falling out of her face. Anthony Smith's teeth were falling out of his head. And he he wanted to keep going. Look, these guys are professionals. It's kind of hard to watch Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira if you guys haven't seen that fight. He gets beat up. Now, I remember one time I was watching uh, Jessica Evil Eye versus Valentina Bullet Chevy Shanks. And she kicked her in the body so much. And then when she dropped her hands down for the last one of the kicks, Valentina went high and KO'd her flat, cold. And she was celebrating and she kind of caught some flack for it. You know, the thing of it is, like, I wonder if it's different because it's we're watching a female in there. You know, when when Ben Askren got knocked out cold, you know, we weren't really, I mean, we were all shocked and stuff and hope the guy's okay, but this, you know, this is a little different feeling. You know, you hear the different, the concern in the, and the announcement team's uh, voice, you know, um, I just wonder if it, if it is because of that, but that's all to say that that girl's tough, man. And if she wanted out, you know, I think that, I don't think that she was ever in enough danger. You never saw her get just super stanky leg rocked. I mean, she got hit. Don't get me wrong, but you know, she she's not out here like um, 
God, who was that? Kevin Lee and Edson Barbosa. I want to say that. I want to say that they fought. I could be making that up, but Kevin Lee fought somebody, and he went super stanky leg in there. Felicia Spencer didn't ever do that, you know. She got busted up. It's a fight. She's fighting one of the hardest hitting women in the world, <laughs> and one of the best female striker, the best female striker in the world. And we see that Amanda Nunez has a great ground game. And she beat her up. She busted her up. But, um, you know, you're always going to be concerned for the fighter because they are usually too tough for their own good. But I don't know if there was any real real room for that on the broadcast. I mean, I'm glad that they are concerned. But, you know, she she still was coherent. She was still with it. You know, it's not like, like I said, her teeth weren't falling out of her head like Anthony Smith were. But, you know, she she almost gets gained some stock going in you know, coming out of this because she stayed in there with what eight rounds with the two of the baddest women on planet earth. You know, she's, she's tough. She's tough and she's going to beat a lot of people, but I don't know this. I don't know that anyone's going to beat Amanda Nunez. You know, she, she knew in the bout, Amanda Nunez knew in the bout with Jermaine Durandamy. That was the fight that I was at in uh, Las Vegas. She knew that she wasn't the better striker, so she took her down and she wore her out on the ground. You know, with um, Felicia Spencer, you kind of thought that there might be a chance if she pushed her up against the fence and got her down to the ground. We saw that was not that was not at all the the case. She looked like she dominated the ground. There was only a couple of times where maybe at the very end of the fight, she took Amanda Nunez, took Felicia Spencer down. She kind of wrapped her arm around her head there. She never was really in any danger of any submission ever. She Felicia hit her with a couple of jabs, li- literally a couple. Uh, like I said, this was just a showcase fight for Amanda, Amanda Nunez and congratulations to her and Nina Nunez on their pregnancy. Hope everything goes out, you know, well with that. But I think what's next for Amanda Nunez is, just that motherhood, being a mom, just taking some time off. Let these girls in the in both of these divisions fight, and maybe we can come up with a decent fight for her. You know, in the post fight press conference, you heard Dana White being asked, you know, what's next for her? What's next for her? And somebody said Valentina Shevchenko, and he brought up a great point and said that a couple of fights with you know Zhang Wei Li, where she gets a couple more wins in her belts, then you see Valentina. And Zhang Wei Li fight. Now that's a fight that I want to see. Um, as far as Amanda Nunez goes, you click on the on the on the women's featherweight uh, rankings, and there's there's nobody even there. So it's almost like we just created a division just to have another belt. I mean, there's there's literally not a list of rankings for featherweight. So. I know that the bantamweight cut's tough for her. You know, she said that, and um, there's not a lot going on there either. I mean, Holly Holm, Jermaine, Durand- Jermaine Durandamy, Aspen Ladd. You know, the, she's running into the thing with Anderson Silva. You know, she's Anderson Silva was on a hot streak, and he was beating the best people at the time. They just weren't good enough for him. And then finally, they emerged. You know, we're watching the women's. Uh, Bantamweight division slowly evolve, and eventually we're going to see people, you know, catch up to her. But now you don't. I mean, at number three you got Aspen Ladd. At number four you got Juliana Pena. 
When's the last time Juliana Pena fought? I don't know. Raquel Pennington, she beat her. You know, she went the distance with Raquel Pennington, I want to say. She went the distance with Jermaine Durand and me. She put Holly Holm out of there. Um, you know, I, I say just I I would be very happy if she's kind of stepped away for a minute and let these girls kind of do some contending and, you know, I don't know how long how far along her wife is, but that would be good for her to kind of just chill and just, man, just let these girls start actually maybe being contenders for her. But speaking of contenders, let's talk about your boy, Cody Garbs out here with that beard and that fro puffed up hair, man. He's looking a little thicker than he normally was. Um, looking patient, man. Coming in, fighting Rafael, Rafael, Sunsal. Uh, man, he just looked good. He looked fast. He looked calm. He looked collected. Cody come in at number nine, and Rafael is number five. So there's some there's something to be said about changing the camp and working in between two camps for Cody Garbrandt. He hit. Rafael Sunsal at the end of the round, I want to say it was round two, maybe three, I don't remember. Uh, probably round two. But he ducked and hit him with an overhand, like a right hook from the depths of hell. I mean, he hit that guy, and Rafael Sunsal just dropped down. I mean, he just face planted. The guy went out. You know, at the end of the round, They've set him on the stool, and he, he starts falling off of the stool. That's how hard he was out. I want to say that was no-nonsense Keith Peterson. Where you at, Dommy Cruz? You know, he stopped the fight there. You know, he Dominic Cruz was fussing, saying he smelled like booze and cigarettes, and he was slurring his speech, but that was a good stoppage on his part. You know, Sunset was out of there. It looked to be a competitive fight. I, I was hoping that he wasn't uh, – Sunset wasn't going to bait Garbrandt into a brawl that's kind of been his downfall you know Cody Garbrandt has a very very similar style to Justin Gaethje you know where they're both good and they both hit like trucks apparently but they have this thing where they get sucked into these brawls and then they lose but you didn't see that in UFC 249 from Justin Gaethje and you didn't see it last night at UFC 250 with Cody Garbrandt he was disciplined the guy was in control Throwing some bad leg kicks, man. Dropping levels, you know, dropping levels, doing that ninja kick. Man, he's looking good out there, honestly. And he comes out with the knockout win, looking good. He was talking about Fight Island coming up. I mean, he he came out of that fight looking pretty good. If you've got Cody Garbrandt at number nine, and he already lost to the number seven guy, Pedro Munoz. Number six, Jose Aldo's fighting for the title against Peter Yan, you got number five is Rafael Sunsal. You got Corey Sanhagen. Well, he just got put out by Aljo Sterling. Peter Yan's fighting for the title. And then Marlon Marais is fighting. He's actually Marlon Marais is the number one guy. So let's talk about Aljamain Sterling and um, how he looked last night. So Aljamain Sterling comes in. And puts on an impressive fight against Corey Sandhagen. Now, Aljamain Sterling 
has lost to Marlon Moraes. I think he made him dab out. I think he got head kicked and made him dab. So you're in this weird spot where you got Jose Aldo and Peter Yan fighting for the belt. You got Aljamain Sterling beating the number four guy. So the number four guy, number two guy fight. So I want to say that Aljamain Sterling maybe moves to number one. Marlon Moraes moves to number two. But this is what I was talking about with that bantamweight round robin stuff that's going on. Let's maybe put maybe put Cody Garbrandt and Aljamain Sterling on the same card as Peter Yan and Jose Aldo. You know, maybe one of them gets sick when the other guy steps in. You know, whatever. Uh, it's inch- I'm very very interested to see what they're going to do. Not to mention you've got um, Sugar Sean O'Malley. You know that guy came in. Like I was saying earlier, you know, earlier is a minus five hundred favorite showcase fight against Eddie Wineland. Neither one of the, neither Eddie Wineland or Sean O'Malley are ranked. Sean O'Malley's looking real good though, busting him up, walk off KO. You know what do you do with that guy? You put him in there against somebody in the top fifteen, the top ten. So I mean, I don't know. You know, you got Dominic Cruz in there. John Dodson, Song Yadong, you know, you got a lot of people in that Bantamweight division. I'd like to see him on that same card as uh, as Peter Yan and Jose Aldo. That's kind of, just kind of keep these Bantamweights together. I don't know if you guys remember, but I want to say that Cody Garbrandt was paired up with Amanda Nunez before when he fought Dominic Cruz and won. Amanda Nunez was on the, the same card. She fought Ronda Rousey. But, um, wouldn't be bad to keep these guys active. I mean, what it seems like what we're seeing is kind of who can fight. You know, you're not seeing with the pandemic and all that stuff. You know, a lot of places aren't even open back up yet. You're we're just seeing who can fight. You're seeing a lot of catchweight bouts and um, you know a lot of opportunity for these guys. You know, moving forward. But excellent performance by Cody Garbrandt. He looked great. Excellent performance by Amanda Nunez. She looked great. Uh, Sean O'Malley looking real good in there, coming in with that walk-off KO. It's it's just going to be super interesting to see what they, you know, what they do moving forward. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about all this silliness that's going on with the Dana White and fighter pay and all that stuff. You know, I said it. You know, last week when I was talking about these welterweights, you know, just fight somebody already. So when when Dana White gets questioned with these fighter pay questions, he always says, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and you don't have to fight. That's a super, super slick way of deflecting the question, you know. Um, I don't think it's a matter of guys not wanting to fight. I think it's a, guy, a matter of guys wanting to get paid. You know, everybody wants to get paid. You know, it's understandable, you know. Uh, so John Jones asked for his release last week. I don't know if you guys remember that. Followed by Jorge Masvidal asking for his release. And then you got um, Conor McGregor saying he retired. I don't even know what he said, to be honest with you. I just I just saw it. So, cool. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, pay these guys maybe, but... Um, it's it's getting a little silly, you know. It's every time somebody retires, it's like a big news story. You know, how many times are you gonna retire? Just that's it's silly. But um that's enough. let's 
let's talk about Fight Island. So Dana White was pressed with the question, you know, is Fight Island in Abu Dhabi? And he said next week he's going to give us more details. Is it even necessary at this point? I don't know what's going on, like what's open or what's not, but um, I don't know how travel's looking. I guess maybe it might be necessary to get people to fight internationally because Peter Yan's not he's not native to America. I don't think the Jose Aldo is either. So you're going to see the first international fighters fighting on fight Island, I guess in July he's talking about, but, um, okay. I mean, I guess that's cool. I don't really care as long as it's, you know, a place to, to have these guys fight, you know what I mean? But, um, hopefully we'll see, like another little bantamweight showcase on uh, in July, whenever that fight card is. I know you got Jessica I coming up against Cynthia Calvillo, maybe. I don't even know. I don't even know. There's been one every week, so it's kind of hard to keep up with. But um, we'll look ahead at that next week and kind of see what's going on in that um, in that main event. And uh, we'll go from there. Appreciate you guys checking in. Hope you have a good one.